welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. By Grab Thor's Hammer, what an episode we have for you. We take a break from our trek through the stars to quest through the galaxy. Never give up, never surrender. It's Galaxy Quest on Normies Like Us. Never give up, never surrender. I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it, okay? That was a hell of a thing. By Grabfly's hammer. By the sons of Warvan. You shall be avenged. Welcome back to Normans Like Us. We got a special one for you this episode. We're taking a break, like we said, up top from a little Star Trek to instead boldly go where actors are going. That's right. It's Galaxy Quest here on Armies Like Us with your host, uh, Commander Colin. <laughs> this is uh, Gwen DeMaiko. I will repeat the computer. <laughs> and this is uh, your brave commander, Jacob Neesmith. Wow. Hey. You know, Deep the cuts. main character, Tim Allen. I'll take you back. Mm-hmm. I'm the I'm the green guy with the eye patch. I'm the villain. Sure. Oh, okay, Saris. 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 Nobody wants to be Doctor Lazarus. <laughs> uh, I'm an actor. Damn it. <laughs> the late great. Fuck the curtain calls. Uh, the late great. Now so, we we we're questing because we have said now normies go back and listen uh if you're a regular listener on this podcast you would know we've been talking a lot of star trek over the year we used to do a sort of month-long uh deep dive on projects but now we of course have been stretching it out giving you one star trek episode a month we finished with the og series and i pitched to these guys after we finish the original crew movies let's take a break we jump over to a little man named Jean-Luc and let's stay with the OG track and do what I'm going to just go ahead and just headline and say is the best Star Trek movie ever made and talk galaxy. Wow. Yeah, I think it's a great palate cleanser between the eras to kind of have this sort of uh, satire of Star Trek, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of it has a foot in each realm of the behind the scenes kind of drama and stuff amongst the cast that we, we talked about in those earlier Star Trek episodes, you know, with Shatner Nimoy and stuff like that. And then there's also like an actual space adventure happening. So it's a little bit of, yeah, satire of both yeah. aspects of, of the Star Trek franchise. And uh, we'll see if it's the best one of all. We got to get through Nemesis, but uh, I, I enjoyed right. it a lot. And it's, it's going to be cool to talk about something that's Star Trek adjacent, you know? Definitely. Now, Mike, before we jump in, have you seen this before? I've seen it like VHS, you know, back in the day. So it's been, it, I haven't I watched it since being a Star Trek fan. Let's put it that way. Wow. Yeah. I, <laughs> so I watched it as know. a space comedy, but I didn't, I had never watched any serious Star Trek because I was younger. So it's cool right. to watch it now knowing what I know. That's a great point. I am in the same boat as you. Um, I have, you know, what? I saw this movie in theaters when it came out. Whoa. And uh, so I kind of have a a very, uh, you know, distinct memory of seeing this movie. You know, it came out December 99. 
Uh, my birthday is in January. So I turned 10 January, 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for my birthday, my parents are like, all right, we're gonna take you out. We're, we're gonna go see a movie. We're gonna get some dinner. It's just gonna be you. You know, I have like three siblings. So it was just, it was just me and my parents, uh, kind of, you know, one-on-one time it was, mm-hmm. you know, a little birthday dinner. Uh, and, you know, I checked the, you know, what's in theaters right now. Uh, I did not know what Star Trek was at the time. Obviously, I was 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll tell you what I did know and uh, was a huge fan of. And that's a little something called Star Wars. Maybe you've heard of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little movie called uh, Episode One, The Phantom Menace mm-hmm. came out that same year. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I was a pretty big fan of that movie. Uh, what so a year like, for sci-fi, Jacob. Wow. Yeah, right. Wow. So I looked in the newspaper and I saw, oh. Galaxy Quest. Don't know what this is. Sci-fi space. Hey, you know, I'm in. You know, I love sci-fi. So I went and saw Galaxy Quest in theaters, 10 years old, and I freaking loved it. I, you know, like you're saying, it's not only a great parody of Star Trek, it's just like a great movie in general. Like it's a great totally. It's a super funny comedy and it's it's got a lot of heart. It's just a great action adventure. Yeah, and the ensemble so, uh, cast is great too. So absolutely so i was yeah very into it didn't even realize that it was really a parody of star trek because i didn't really know no. what star trek was i just thought it was a great action comedy adventure movie and what's your so, background of this colin yeah i'm gonna say exactly the same as you two down the middle uh did not see it in theaters jacob super jealous of that but mike a home staple vhs rental maybe one of the first dvds we ever bought you know i i don't know but uh, hmm. it is a distinct memory to me as the only movie my father ever invited friends over to watch a movie with because they were all so excited about it. And oh, just wow. seeing grown men as a kid be like, ha, 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 just like laughing their heads off. And I've said on our past Star Trek episodes, my dad was a Kirk guy. Like all he did was watch OG Trek. He never mm-hmm. went beyond that. So right. to get what this is, it resonated with real fans. Let me tell you that, guys. Well, that's what's great. So, like, they were enjoying it on another level, but you were just enjoying it as a kid. Like, yeah. it just holds up. I, I, had we gotten a Santa Claus movie at this point? I don't know where we are with, like, the Tim Allen of it mm. all, but it's like, I liked Tim Allen as a kid. I watched Home Improvement. Home Improvement. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like, yep. like, I was just so in for this thing, Jacob. And I am not really a Tim Allen fan at all. In fact, this is probably the only <laughs> Tim Allen anything that I really like, but I do think it was great casting and getting a, uh, well, a guy that is like a Shatner type where he's, you know, very is, egotistical. But, but yeah. Jacob are his two best performances. This and Buzz Lightyear just pastiches mm. of William Shatner. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Is that what he's good That's at, Mike? Good. I don't know. <laughs> Could be. I mean, they have a lot of similarities. They're both kind of conservative leaning guys Assholes. in Hollywood, which is very rare. Mm-hmm. Notoriously <laughs> can be difficult to work with, kind of full yeah. of themselves, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's great casting. And I was not and I'm not a huge fan of him anyway. And then the rest of the ensemble cast is just uh, just perfect. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll, we'll jump into the movie here briefly, but, you know, you get Sigourney Weaver, Tony Shalhoub, uh, Justin Long. Shout out to our Halloween episode. You know, we have a, a 13 Ghosts Long. alumni and you know, Tony Shalhoub and then just Barbarian. Uh, yeah. Scream King. Yeah, it's Green great stuff. Game. And then obviously Alien, you know, Sigourney Weaver and uh, Sigourney right. Ghostbusters. Not, yeah. not a star in the bunch, but mm-hmm. genre ensemble across the board of comedians. And that's why this goddamn movie works. Yep. And a lot yeah. of actors that it like went on to become bigger names, too. So 100 you know, percent. It's and, a lot of uh, like, oh, it's that person. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you don't, like we said, you don't need to know everything about Star Trek to enjoy it, but you'll get, it enhances the experience to, to have that understanding. But anybody can watch this and enjoy it, so. Um, Definitely. That's what we did this week. That's, uh, you guys want to see the ship? <laughs> you know? Let's yep. uh, get some transport Let's units ready and hop into <laughs> the episode. Have <laughs> me a limo. <laughs> that was a hell of a thing. We're back. You heard us up top talking Galaxy Quest. Now we're going to dive into it and talk about uh, the film, the making of, uh, and just everything we enjoy about this thing. Yeah. Um, so, the you know, the making of this movie is a little interesting. Uh, it started as a spec script by a guy named David Howard called Captain Starshine. And it was a little more <laughs> <laughs> serious. It was a little more focused on the captain. Uh Basically, the studio uh, bought that spec script just for the idea. They didn't like the script. And actually, classic. the mm-hmm. original director attached to this, I don't know if you guys know this, Harold Ramis. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. So Harold Ramis was going to direct. He didn't like the script, but he's like, I like that idea of, a, of you know, a bunch of washed up actors basically getting, you know, transported to this, you know, sci-fi adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, so we, they hired another guy named Robert Gordon to rewrite it basically from scratch, uh, you know, with that idea in mind, Harold Ramis was on board to direct. They were casting, uh, he wanted, uh, Kevin Klein or Alec Baldwin or Steve Martin for the main role. Oh, uh, all three. That's great. Yeah. The Steve Martin one would have been pretty wild. Steve Martin. Interesting. Kevin Klein. I don't know. Not a huge. Alec Baldwin. Klein. Huge asshole. Would have worked. <laughs> could have yeah, worked. In Alec this, Baldwin yeah. could have worked. Uh, eventually they settled on Tim Allen. Harold Ramis did not like the Tim Allen casting and left the project based on that. Just so, that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's like, I, I don't see it with Tim Allen and, and left. And then after the movie came out, you saw it in minute. He's like, oh, it, it is good. I, I was wrong about that. So very interesting. But uh, Harold Ramis left the project. So it fell to Dean Parasot to direct. Now, Dean Parasot, he's not done that many things. You might not be familiar with him. He's directed no. only three movies since this movie. Uh, and that was Fun with Dick and Jane, a Jim Carrey movie oh. I've never seen. Okay. Uh, Absolutely. Red 2 the sequel to red, you know, the, the old yeah, wow. with Bruce Willis and Morgan Freeman and everything. Yep, yep, uh, yep. John Malkovich and Bill and Ted face the music. That's his most recent movie. Who baby. Which uh, you guys have seen, right? I have not seen that. Yeah. yeah. What's going on, Dean Paris? Uh, you're not very good. <laughs> no, not since this one, but this movie is great. Right. Uh, it's very strange. He's only made three movies since, you know, in the last 22 years. So, don't know what's going on with that. It's but, all those Galaxy mm-hmm. Quest residuals. He, he, he doesn't need to work anymore. You know? <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> he got, he got so. one fraction of a penny from my Amazon Prime rental. That went yeah. straight to his bank account. In right. me rewatching the DVD I have had since 2001. <laughs> that didn't help. This movie, though. you know, when it came out, it was a modest success, but it didn't really live up to what they were hoping. They kind of blamed it on, oh, the studio didn't know how to market it. They market it more as a kid-friendly Christmas holiday season film to go up against Stuart Little at the time. 
Mm. And it's like, oh yeah, Can't. we blew the marketing on this one. Jacob, um, you are taking me. I am time traveling this right? episode. And right? I am loving it. <laughs> so yeah, but it became sort of a cult hit afterwards, obviously with Star Trek fans and just with people in general kind of reassessing it as like really holding up pretty well even today. Uh, and there's been, you know, sequel talk for years, uh, kind of died down a little bit, uh, you know, sadly when Alan Rickman died in 2016, mm. but there has been more talk of it recently, apparently as, er, you know, as, as, as recently as 2021, both Sigourney Weaver and Tim Allen have mentioned, uh, perhaps oh, making a sequel. That would so. be insane. <laughs> right? I mean, they're, they're, um, dynamic in the movie their characters i do they do work well together i think sigourney Weaver. Oh, really yeah. one of, everybody's a highlight in this but she is she, whenever she does comedy you just think of like oh alien and stuff but you know ghostbusters she's good this she's like really good no it's yeah the ability to say so straight faced in it mike right i mean she mm-hmm. is a serious actress who's been up for an academy award of course she's good at making you laugh too she's very committed to she seems to be having yeah. fun here yeah i think yes. everybody involved in it uh, that's that's kind of the energy and alan has. rickman he wanted to do it because it, like he he's like i don't get to be in comedies that much and like i'm known as like being villains and that kind of thing but you know i like comedies i, I like doing comedy so he you know he joined this one he yeah. what a hollywood career for him to have because for your first big movie to be hans gruber where you're working with bruce willis it's like yeah wow that's a big you didn't want to get typecast yeah, yeah but mm-hmm. then jacob but then you're doing a movie with tim allen it's like oh that's a big asshole too it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, God, i'm really rooting for you not to work with these people oh and in, in my America. research i did come across some pretty uh, interesting stories of Tim Allen on set kind of being an asshole. So interesting. <laughs> we'll get uh, into that man. too. Uh, the, the, the Shatner of it all, I guess. Um, he's almost method. Well he went method. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So technically this is not type of like literally in the timeline of the Star Trek movies we watched, this is falling right in between them more or less right on the timeline. So not chronologically, because this was made in 99. There's been several TNG movies. I was going to say you know, to this that. point. Okay. Yeah. Including generations. Yeah, I think the first, I think generations is like 91 or 92. I have to check that, but yeah. I got shifted off the timeline. Okay. But still the, for our listeners and us, the fact that we're, we just completed, you know, the original series stuff, you know, this is pretty perfect. Yeah. Do we want to run through the analogs of who is basically who in this, you know? Yeah. Bad idea. So obviously the basic premise is that a Star Trek like show was on, in 1982, got can- or got canceled in 1982. The cast is still doing conventions and stuff, uh, you know, signing autographs. And the you know the main cast is a bunch of kind of washed up actors. Each kind of has their own thing. Uh, but you have Tim Allen as the captain, the William Shatner esque captain. Mm-hmm. You have Sigourney Weaver as the I guess Nichelle Nichols type character, the Uhura communications yeah. officer, only talks to the computer, being the joke. Right. repeats what it says basically. And uh, yeah, and I think she was also somewhat of a parody of like Seven of Nine at the time, where it's like, mm. oh, people only care about like how her boobs fit in her costume or whatever. Like that's kind of mm-hmm. pulled directly from Seven of Nine stuff during that time. Uh, right. Then you have Alan Rickman as the Spock, I guess, where he's Leonard the Nimoy. alien. Yeah, the logical doctor. And and as an actor, a more serious British uh, thespian, a Shakespearean actor, right? Mm-hmm. Who's kind of slumming it and just hates that this is what he's known for, basically. Um, <laughs> I am not else? Spock. I am Spock. You know what I mean? That's like, right. I wish, yeah. I wish we're, we're they would have that. said that he directed a couple episodes. That would have been the the better job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's really um, good. But that that's kind of you have your, uh, that's your main trio, maybe. Yeah, yeah, the main analog, like the the closest one to ones, and then you have some more general. You have Tony yeah, the, Shalhoub as Tony the Shalhoub. sort of engineer, sort of Scotty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have Daryl Mitchell as Tommy Weber, who is the kid, the kid pilot. So he's kind of a, a Wesley uh, Wesley Crusher type. Wesley Crusher kid. Yeah, pilot. yeah, yeah, yeah. Take us, uh, yeah, because Crusher does run the, uh, you know navigation at a certain point he's like right driving him around in space when everyone's on break i guess fascinating yeah and then of yeah. course you have sam rockwell as the red shirt extra guy <laughs> guy uh, <laughs> do kind i have of, a last name do i <laughs> kind yeah. of doing a um a number one though right he's he's very jonathan franks right like yeah. the, his sort of look the beard the energy and stuff but yes of course he is the stereotype that used to be in the original show of a quote-unquote red shirt which is the unnamed ensemble of hey dick you go check out the glowing green thing you got it and just dies immediately yeah. on them. the guy yeah. that dies to show that the threat is serious in that episode yeah, when he's then- acting out his death scenes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah as an actor he's still trying to capitalize off his red shirt yes. like you know and you do see that at autographs two people have been in one or two episodes as a bit part signing autographs right. but the, he's trying the, to like draft off them like hey can i sit Mike, at your table the woman who plays the fucking uh klingon wife to wharf in like what like five tng episodes she has mm-hmm. written oh, books sure. about wharf and stuff like hey, it's like this of course it happens yeah yeah so so the layer of real life actors and a fake show getting pulled into a real scenario, right? So that's what we're dealing with is, you know, yeah, all I would these buy egos and stuff. Play. Yeah, Just that I think idea. it's great. TV totally. show happens great to X TV cast. Yes. Yeah, it's a great mm-hmm. premise. And uh, so it starts out there at a con. Tim Allen meets some people that he thinks are just like people in costume as aliens, but they're actually turns out real aliens. Mm-hmm. They need help. They've got the historical documents, which are uh, the show that they, was yep. broadcast to their planet. They don't know what acting is. They don't have that. Uh, and so they beam him up. He doesn't know that it's real at first. They have a big confrontation with the big bad guy, Sarah, Saris. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, chaos ensues from there, I guess. Yeah, he's got he's a big Zindi looking head ass, as they would say in uh, yes. Enterprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, and well... I just want to say the effects in this for a, a comedy from 1999. I know the the creature effects and just the special effects are insanely good, right? And they're really like charming. they hold up really well. Even stuff that's goofy, like the rock monster, it's still really charming. And I think the yeah. prosthetics and stuff are good too. Like like all the physical totally. work just keep is in great. mind the era, like the CG of this era. Most of it does not look good. Like even compare this to Phantom Menace. Like this looks yes mm-hmm. on the level of something like that. Right? Uh, there's 100%. not a bad looking alien in the group now. Saris, the main villain, is obviously prosthetic. Jacob, I brought it he up looks in amazing. the episode. Yeah, he, he's yeah. got the metal eye patch that's sort of reminiscent General of uh, General Chang, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, all prosthetic looks incredible. When we go to CG rock monster, it's a rock monster. Anybody can do that. When yeah. you go to the CG amphibian child minor sort of looking things right that's not makeup that's not you know that's not yeah, a little person CG. in your foot that's cg the mm-hmm. clarity facial expressions literally the detailing and speckling you know sort of on the face because they have this weird textured skin watching it this time i was like 
is Galaxy Quest one of the best made movies ever made? Yeah. It looks great. Era. I mean, if you keep in mind the era of CG, like it looks great. It holds up pretty well. Yeah, let's let's get out of here before one of those things kills Guy. It's a great line yeah. from, from that great. scene. But but I remember I, the mi- not miners, miners. Yeah, that's so oh, funny as a kid. I still think God. that's funny. Of course um, it is. But yeah, yeah. That, the, they, those uh, the guys monster. hold up. His, oh, I was just say those miners look as good as Jar Jar, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we're going to compare. And I mean, consider the the budget difference. I'm sure, you know, they were doing a lot with not not as much budget as Star Wars had, for sure. It's just like Star Trek would do on TV and the way their show is portrayed. We're doing a lot with a little. Um, yeah. Yeah. Finding it on the fly. Yeah. And the uh, the rock monster, obviously, is a reference to the cut rock monster from final frontier that shatner wanted to have uh so that's yes. like a little in reference as well yeah so so the they all get pulled into the adventure right actors going to space for real the historic documents is essentially every episode of the show that the aliens think is real as you were saying and they're like well this is what about gilligan's island <laughs> those oh poor those people. poor people yeah yeah they think that that's <laughs> real too <laughs> but uh, they have the historic documents TV. Yeah, but yeah. Saris does Which it, was so it's just them. But that yeah. was a 90s obsession. Do you guys remember the idea? Because Futurama did an episode on it. Simpsons, right. I'm sure, too. Like, truly, cartoons would be like, did you know we're broadcasting these signals? They're just going out there, like, years from now on Timbuktu. They're going to be watching I Love Lucy and thinking that's what's going on here. Like, I remember that mm-hmm. being in science fiction books and stuff and being like, wow. Sure, sure. And that the idea also- that they... Uh, yeah basically invented all this technology that was in the show based on how it is in the show to match uh, us <laughs> right so they yeah. have like the, the ship from the show which they just based on the show which if you think about it too much doesn't really make sense but you know well, but then the... like even as a kid i was like but you just found the omega 13 what does that mean right well they invented something but they don't know what it does because it was never yeah. shown on the show i, I don't know <laughs> no yeah. that's fine yeah. that's fine but they, they are you know um squid people too so it's like we're gonna make a human form factored ship yeah 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 and they use like a um you know like a disguise little cloaking to make them look like humans and the way the aliens act i think is great too like they really act Mm -hmm. really alien the way they talk and and you know behave and stuff i'm just like man this is really like they put a lot of thought into this yeah (laughs) and you get like you know um Ryan Wilson in here. Yeah. Yes. Like a couple scenes here and there, like study young Justin Long. Interesting uh, grouping. I don't know the guy's name. I think it's Enrico. Enrico Colatani. Colatani is Jacob uh, Mathazar. And yeah. you would know as that detective girl's dad. What was her name? Sure. Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars. I guess. And oh. I would know as Just Shoot Me. I was obsessed with Just Shoot Me as a kid mm-hmm. where he was an ensemble player. Again, anywhere you can stick in a good ensemble comedian. Dean Parasot, I guess, knows that that's what you're supposed to do. I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, just giving them more personality to be like, oh, yes. they kind of talk weird and they have like this whole culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, they, like yeah, can't it's laugh normally. Uh, I, the other cool uh, thing, too, as, as you were mentioning, like, oh, we're just blasting signals out into space. It's like, you know, radio waves and, you know, all those stuff, it takes physical time to travel. That's what light speed is, right? A year of light speed, you know, it takes that long for light to move, whatever. So, like, if the show's canceled in 82, it's like they're getting it 10 years later and it's like the best thing to the aliens. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So that it kind of plays in 
weirdly like in a pseudoscience way i guess i totally yeah that. they're like the biggest fans of the show because they yeah, don't know yeah. it's not real we prepared the meals of your planet oh, oh yeah. the steak dinner <laughs> and, <laughs> and you guys got like gotta... blue worms it's like <laughs> blood mites or something <laughs> yeah that's great um and so, so then, of course, then you have the Justin Long uh, yes. obsessed nerd character, which is the kind of represents the super obsessed Trekkies uh, that just like know everything about the show. Uh, and I think this film is like really kind of good hearted about it's like parody. Like it's not making fun of Star Trek necessarily. No. It's 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 very, you know, it, it's you can tell it's made by people that like love Star Trek, like fans of the show. And even mm-hmm. the portrayal of these like super obsessed nerds like is very uh, you know good hearted I think yeah and, and I think what it's setting up is you know the the show which in the show in the movie that's fake right but there was a lot of fans of it so the fans of this fake show you know they were affected by the cast coming together and telling great stories even if in real life they didn't get along well, much like real Star Trek, because Tim right. Allen in this is a huge asshole. He, he's dismissing Justin Long and like he doesn't want to work with his other cast members. So yeah. it's almost like being pulled into the real life scenario. They're yes. challenged to behave more like their characters on TV and set aside their differences. And, you know, so it's. Yeah. It's it's meta on all those levels of like and that's a bigger you know, direct than reference to an the, actor, right? The OG cast not getting along, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Nimoy and Shatner, but also Takai and Shatner, which is still going on today. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, grudges that have been held for sixty years. So um, all that is 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 well, in this. I just want to rewind what you guys just said, though, because yes, the side nerd plot of Justin Long, these other nerds, their little community. They get the full Harrison Ford Force Awakens treatment of it's real, all of it. Their minds are blown. They get to be sucked in and have fun with it. That mm-hmm. is great. Perfect, wonderful performances. To rewind it all the way back to the first convention scene, the realness those extras and nerds are giving to it of the girl who is dressed up like Sigourney Weaver, who kind of like blushes and covers her mouth when like Tim Allen is kind of like hitting on her again at like the signature area because. Those are the people she quote unquote worships. Like yeah. they, they, it is, it is, this movie is so real. I mean, it's just so real. It's so alive. It's so loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely coming from a place of love. And it's, it is one of the best fake convention scenes I've ever, ever. seen as far as feeling like Guy real a for sure that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. We it's get... there, Mike. It's like, it's there. Mm hmm. And I think it embraces the all sides of the fandom too. the way it does bring in Justin Long to be a part of the solution. And by the end of the film, the crew does kind of figure out how to set aside their differences. And then even Tim Allen embraces the fandom as eventually Shatner would. He rejected it for so long, was big asshole. So it's it is them. The the character arcs are great because they're so dysfunctional in real life. And then this adventure, then can they come together? Basically, But you can still have a mom say, take out the garbage. You know, it, it, yeah. you can still yeah. be nerds. That's totally fine and acceptable. You're a kid. It's OK, even if this stuff is big and real. I, I love that about it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have totally. no idea how serious this is, mom. And he's like, it's like, <laughs> you know, the screen debut, screen debut. Did you say that earlier, Jacob? Screen debut. Yeah, it was Justin wow. Long and Rain Wilson's uh, first, uh, you know, film debut. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. What, a, what a great little thing. But yeah, it's it's um, it's really heartfelt and good. I mean, Tony Shalhoub. It's hard to talk about comedies. Yeah, it we is. Ju- we're just going to compliment it, right? <laughs> well, when they're done well. I mean, you know, we could talk about, you know, 
it's like, why do we just say the bits? You know what I mean? But really, it's, it's, <laughs> it all uh, holds up super well. It's the cast. Yeah. That does do it. Like, it's, it's everybody, the, the villains, the aliens, like they, they all carry it. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, to talk about the script. I think it's a really well-written script. The structure of it, it could be, you know, it could be taught in, you know, like filmmaking classes of like how to write a, a script where you have like the inciting incident, the rising action, all that stuff. Like it's perfectly structured, uh, script yeah yeah even just the scenes to introduce the characters it's really efficient in doing that by showing the intro to the show yep. and then out walks on stage you know oh we're at a convention and then you see them in the present day versus the past okay this is where they started where they are now in their life like it's it, yeah. you get all the information be. you need mm-hmm. with uh you know tim allen he's he's drunk the next morning he's like hung over uh it's just giving you the right amount of information he's like i need a limo takes him up he doesn't know what's going on uh, it's just great. I yeah. wanted to live in his house since I was a kid, but it could be mm-hmm. the writing could be sloppy to one to ones. It could literally just be there's a doctor like Bones. He's the old person in the crew. You know, he's going to be like DeForest Kelly. Blah blah. No, instead we get like Tony Shalhoub's like the stoner. It's like he's yeah. like the goofy stoner. And when mm-hmm. he has to do like gaudy type stuff. The drama and comedy is really going to come more from like, this is the guy you would trust to like use like a transport ray on you to like yeah, beam right. you back up into the ship. No, I you love, wouldn't uh, trust anyone with that. <laughs> Tony no. Shalhoub is great in this movie too. And you're right. He is the stoner, but they couldn't, you know, be super blatant about it because they had to keep their PG rating. So they just made him act like a stoner, but they never referenced like he's like on drugs or anything, but he's just always eating in every scene. And he just seems really spaced out all the time. <laughs> did I read this? Was this in the original screenplay or is this still in the film that they intended him also to be a Scientologist? Hmm. Yeah, it could be. I'm not sure. Oh, wow, um, I know he's, he's playing like an Asian character and Tony Shalhoub when he was cast, he's like, I don't want to play an Asian character as a non-Asian, but I'll play a, a guy playing an Asian character in the show. So that's as a non-Asian. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. That's right, great right. logic. Yeah. <laughs> the, the way he delivers like lines and stuff too, cause he's so spaced out, but like he doesn't know how to be an engineer. So he's just, everybody goes to where their jobs are, but he'll just get, get on thing. Hey, uh, they think that we could um, reverse the polarity and do the thing. Yeah, and it's yeah. like I don't know what the, they're saying. Yeah, the guys are saying it's like real messed up down here. He says that at one point. He's like, um, he's never like I have an idea. It's like the guys think yeah. that this could yeah, work. It's so but good. Then he's like, that's he's a like, great trait. He's into the teamwork of it, where he's like, oh, good, good job, guys. Come on, hey, come everybody, on, come around, come around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He loves his boys. He does. He does. Yeah. And no, when he's, he's when, when they get beamed up to the ship, too, everyone's like super freaked out, and he's just like. That was Ooh. a hell of a thing. Like, yeah, he, he just loved it. Yeah. Come on, let me show you the ship. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody's everybody's really, really good. So, yeah, Tony Shalhoub, very fun. Um, Scorney Weaver, again, Scottish super too. charming, great. She's a great Nichelle Nichols, Dan. It's incredible. Here's the thing. I don't love when I just watched Cabin in the Woods. We were talking about it for Spooktober. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert for that film, if you haven't seen it, where she shows up at the end as a... Ha, mm. like, we got you. It's the, or it's the movie Paul with that alien. Do you remember? Ha, we got you. It's Sigourney. It's a joke because she was in sci-fi stuff. Right. That's not enough. When Galaxy Quest goes, no, 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 no. We're like, we're like making the choices of like, this is what her career could have been is like what we're commenting on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is such a 
higher choice. And again, allowing her to have like a meaty performance, meaty character and not just a dumb cameo. Scram Weaver's great. She she give her a fucking full co-lead role. Have her do the dangerous stunts and kiss Tim Allen at the end. And now as an adult, I'm like, give oh, don't kiss Tim Allen. But as a kid, I was like, this is great. Right. Right, right. Yeah. Alien, Ghostbusters, yeah. now Avatar. She's a genre legend. Yeah. She is. Now and, and Avatar. Now teenage girl in Avatar. But what this, the movie is doing, and again, it is showing like what yeah. a t- career trajectory could have been where like TV producers are like, oh, we need to sexy up seven of nine to get ratings. And, you know, that's like that's what her character is reduced to on the page of the fake show. But she's allowed to like, you know, do more in this playing the actor in this thing, you know, and it's, it's right. It's really well done. Um, and she's just, she's great. You know? Yeah. I, I didn't one think job about to do that. on this ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do <laughs> it. I, I will be doing it. Okay. I've yeah. not seen Voyager, so I'm not familiar with Jerry Ryan's character. Seven of nine. Would you guys say, is she literally like the most popular character in star Trek just due to the sex appeal? Um, um she's up there because she, not just because of the sex appeal, but because she was probably the most interesting character on Voyager. Like when she wow. came on, well, she became she like legit the central has character. Stuff, yeah. yeah. She's, like she's not on from the beginning. She is a write-in. No, she came in, in season four as a way to boost ratings. Before she comes in? Yeah. But once yeah. she comes in, it, it becomes a very Borg-centric show. And there's a lot of storylines between her and... It basically became her and the Captain Janeway show, which there was also caused tensions with the cast where... Uh, Kate Mulgrew uh, is not going to like Kate that. Mulgrew was like, wait, I thought I was like the main character. So there were some tensions there, but well, they actually worked really seasons. well together. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Interesting. There's a little bit of like, this has gone on since, you know, obviously we've seen the outfits in this original series, but uh, the TNG, I think in the second season, even for like uh, counselor Troy, you know, she had yeah. no, no cleavage in season one and season two. They're like, Hey, let's, let's get a V cut in this uniform. Yeah. So, that's an unfortunate uh, byproduct of the, the Rick Berman era, especially like Rick Berman is a producer through that whole era and notoriously had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of specifically actresses on set had a lot of issues with him. So that's kind He's of why Jadzia of, leaves, right? He's why Jadzia leaves uh, DS nine. Terry. Uh, yeah. And you know, uh, uh, you know, Troy, <laughs> she, that actress did not get along with him very well. Like he's just, you know, from a different, a more misogynistic mm. era of, you know, Hollywood and that kind of thing. So, and that's what the character is commenting was, on in the movie, you know? No, like, absolutely. Yeah. I was laughing because Mike said Hellraiser, by the way, not at the sexism <laughs> stuff. James. No, no, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Terry Farrell Berman, wasn't Hellraiser. Right. We hate Rick yes. Berman, okay? We hate bad it. guy. <laughs> yeah, but so you get this character in Scorny Weaver that's like, this is what pr- skeezy producers would, th- like, even the other actors, like Tim Allen's like, she didn't have to do much. She just had to make sure her hair looked good. And like all this dismissive shit right. that came out of that that Hollywood environment. Of well, when she mentions the uh, like, Oh, I get a, you know, article and it's like six paragraphs about how my boobs fit in my shirt. That's like a legit, that's like a straight up reference to seven of nine in wow. media, like how media was portraying her like in articles and stuff. Yeah. So, so it's a very clever script getting back on plot, you know, and like the way all these characters are set up, like, you know, um, let's go to Alan Rickman, you know, uh, rest in peace, Dr. Lazarus. Right, he's buddy. our, yeah, he's our, um, Leonard Nimoy, our Spock, right? He has friction yeah. with Tim Allen because he wants to be a little bit more serious, but Tim Allen thinks it's all about him. 
But weirdly, he's like the fan favorite character, just like Spock, you know? And he has his famous line that he says that he Uh, hates saying now, right? Yes. I grabbed Thor's hammer. (laughs) And it sort of kind of has a hand gesture, of course, kind of akin again to the the Vulcan salute. It's just like a high five. (laughs) (laughs) And even his his, his saying is is kind of like, uh, you know, I have been and always shall be your your friend. Or that too, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob, is there anything in the in the material about the making of that talks about was it his idea to keep the prosthetic on the entire time? Because that adds a comedy level to me of like this guy who's like, I hate this thing. I, right. I don't like doing this thing. I also get paid to do this thing. And I, it's very hard and intricate. So I keep <laughs> it on. So I don't waste any time. And then I get out of there. Yeah. I don't know if his idea specifically, but I know it was like a you know, a purposeful idea to have him wear it the whole movie, even when, you know, even in the beginning, when they go home from the con and he's at home, he's still wearing he's it. He's still wearing it on the <laughs> yeah. phone. It's so funny. And basically yeah. the director said he wanted it to be good enough that, you know, it looks, it has to look realistic enough that the aliens would believe it, but also kind of cheesy enough that it looks like he could apply it himself essentially. So it kind of straddles that line. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like a swimmer's cap that he could blend the line maybe, yes. but uh, yes. yeah, I like that they get, they get abducted or they go with the aliens from the con. So they're all in uniform, right? It's all diegetic, like within the, the world. And for yeah. him to go from hating the line to developing like, like a bond with these aliens yes, and then right. delivering it with the utmost sincerity. Like what, yeah. a, but that, what yeah. but that is the, I'm not Spock. I am Spock, right? It's the two 100%. book line. It is the person who has the self hatred because of a character that they've created that they believe pinholds them creatively mm-hmm. when really what they're not seeing is, the effect that it has on the fans and his story yes. is of course rallying these sort of like engineers or, or whatever they are, you know, helpers or whatever around him or security personnel. I'm not even positive who he's sort of dealing with. Yeah, I, I guess they're, they're just trying to get the oxygen turned on. I yes. guess they're engineers or, or whatever, but yeah, he yes. gains, uh, you know, has a relationship with what was essentially a super fan and realizes the impact that he's had on them. Yes. Leans into yeah. the, the myth, you know, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's like, it is one of those things that none of us is truly ever going to be able to understand, like literally at all, the weight of doing something like that and having that effect on somebody. But like it's it, but it's also just so interesting to see the two sides of it's totally fair that Leonard Nimoy had that dichotomy, that inner battle of who am I? And he found the avenue or in the answer to that. God bless him. But mm-hmm. then you have someone like James Duhon, Scotty, and it comes out all the time where it's like. Sick kids would call and he would talk to them on the phone for hours and just oh, pretend sure. to be Scotty. And he loved it. And he loved that everybody, you know, anyone who got into engineering because of it or whatever. And truly, I'm not I'm not shaming. There's no difference to either. But to see Alan Rickman embody that choice at the end, because what he's essentially dealing with is a dying fan. Right. To put his arms around him and say, like, I'm going to give you the whole thing right now. By grab Thar's hammer. I've never been more into this line. Here it is. Again, and it's, it's set up how much he powerful. hates saying the line. Yeah. Yes. And he means and I think, it uh, because he's going to avenge him. Yeah. He has the intent to avenge. He's like he saying it with the most sincerity. Believing what he says. Mm-hmm. You're right, Mike. Ugh. Incredible. And I think he's, uh, you know, obviously Spock is, uh, Nimoy is the main reference, but I think it, there's a lot of, uh, it's kind of a lot of Star Trek actors, once they've done Star Trek, they get typecast and not just Star Trek, any genre stuff. If you do genre stuff as an actor, you can very easily get typecast and it's hard to get these serious dramatic roles. 
you know, someone like Patrick Stewart, a serious Shakespearean actor, he kind of was able to break out of that. But a lot, you know, a lot of the TNG actors, they didn't yeah. do much aside. From yeah. the- Jacob, Kevin Sorbo, you know, if he wanted to do one mm. of these Liptard movies about, you know, being trans or whatever, he said all this stuff on Twitter. That's right. 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 <laughs> right. If I wanted to yeah. do one of those movies. Yeah. Disappointed. But I think, uh, and I don't know if this was an intentional reference either, but Alec Guinness, Sir Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan mm. Kenobi. Hello there. Notoriously was he didn't get Star Wars, didn't understand why it was so popular. He's like, you know, I was in a bunch of like serious movies back in the day, like Bridge Over River Kwai and all this stuff. But basically after Star Wars, he people all recognized him for Star Wars, right? Right, right. So it can happen very easily. Yes. And I guess there's a version that Duhan esque actor who really embraced it with Weber, you know, the pilot who was the kid. Uh, Laredo, right? It's yeah, like, he liked the show growing up, and he, uh, we, we, Jacob sent us a link to a, a fake documentary as if, yes, Galaxy Quest was a real show, and he talks about uh, in character that, oh yeah, I go to the conventions and we do all this stuff for charity, and like you know, he he loves the fans, like he's in on it and more like Amazing. a Duhan ask person. They that was a great find, Jacob. I assume that's on the DVD or something, but if, if people listening, yeah, it was like a promotional thing wow. they did that aired on the E network. It's a half hour mockumentary about the show. That's all, you know, obviously fake, but they got all Tim Allen and everyone to do wow. interviews as their characters and stuff. It's pretty yeah. And like now Mike show back. Laredo, I was I was kind of saying off mic, I'll, I'll save this, mm-hmm. but now on pod to say uh, his actor, unfortunately, paralyzed now, was in a, a yeah, tragic car accident. So he was he's in an accident like to a wheelchair two years after oh, this movie came out. Tragic. And yeah, it was paralyzed from the waist down. Still acting. Yeah, good. Yeah. But he's the only one. He, he was good in this movie, but he's the only one that's not like a huge name today, but it could have been TV you know, star. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been someone else possibly, but he did. He did good. Yeah. And again, if, you know, that, you know, he doesn't suffer that accident, you know, who knows too, like how yeah. much does that obviously affect the roles you can go up for, et cetera. But his character is again, a good reflection of somebody who gets the fans and he's like, he knows like the Tim Allen's an asshole. He's like, you know, we just got to do it for them. Like he's kind of the one initially saying, and he's, right. but Mike, he's the kid. He yeah. is the one who was a child when they were all acting up. And he is the one who gives them these talks That's about like, really is we Wesley. need to be level headed. Yeah, he's empathetic. He's the Wesley. Yeah. And he's the, yes. uh, cause who's the biggest Star Trek today? nerd? Will, Will Wheaton. Well, yeah. He does Will all Wheaton. that Star Trek stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, and I think he keeps the groups <laughs> together. Is the Laredo's doing Paramount plus, uh, you know, behind the scenes. Oh, you know? Yeah. 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 There's a funny, uh, a funny age thing with, with him though, because he was, a kid when the show was on in 82, uh, but Sam Rockwell's character was an adult on the show, but his, but Daryl Mitchell is actually three years older than Sam Rockwell in the movie. Mm. Uh, <laughs> what? I did more of a wig or anything. It's like, he looks exactly the same in the old yeah. ones, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, how old, you know, how old was he when they made that movie? Like yeah. mid twenties or early thirties or something. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, yeah. you know, that's great. Chat a little Rockwell again, real quick, because he's Let's funny as hell Rockwell. too. Yeah, he's a, a red shirt, right? And then his whole thing is what he—he's not prepared for adventure. He's freaking out the most, and anytime something's happening, he's like, "I don't even have a last name. I'm going to die." Like he's so scared that he's not going to make I? it. <laughs> yeah, he's got some great lines. Uh, he said he based his character on famous cowards of cinema like uh, Bill Paxton in Aliens. That nice. and that's the big hey. one to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he wanted to do, you know, he wanted to give, you know, uh, 
kind of redeem that that archetype uh, by becoming less of a coward by the end of it, right? Oh, yeah, man. yeah. Can you create a weapon of so maybe create a rudimentary lathe? <laughs> what are you talking about? And again, like, Mike, yeah. when I'm seeing this, I've only ever seen the Gorn episode. So, like, a guy on a planet who has to make a thing and fight somebody, like, I feel like this thing's talking to me, and I don't even like Star Trek that much. And then you gotta think about everybody else watching it. I just... Yeah, I can't. No, there's so I'm many layers sure. here. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Jacob. Uh, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure there was some some improving going on too. A lot of these funny lines were sort of uh, ad libbed on the day, and they just kind of rolled with. Let's it. Let's get well. out of here before one of those things kills guy. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. got to be an ad lib from somebody. But um, it, what's what's cool is like I think even this might be influencing Star Trek because I think that uh, Kirk's brother or whatever on Strange New Worlds. He's exactly like Guy. Like he's got yeah, the mustache and he's real cocky, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. It feels I like thought him. he was going to be killed at some point in that season. Yep. Um, he does eventually die, you know? Yeah. Canon, so I know. Who knows? Yeah. When I realized that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Sigourney, like that chomper scene. Uh, that's the oh. moment that I really stands out for me when she's just like, who wrote this episode? Right, why <laughs> why is are these the things here? <laughs> why What's are these things here? What's, yeah. What is the purpose of this? That is the mm-hmm. the scene of the movie. I agree with you, Jacob. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very badly uh, dubbed over. Basically, when she goes in, uh, she says, well, fuck this. But they dub it over with, well, screw this to keep their PG Oh, because it's PG-13. That's but if so you go, if you watch it, it's, it's, she's saying she's dropping an F-bomb. That's, that's funny. Which would have been so much funnier, but. Oh, absolutely. You, know, you get one in a PG-13, but you know, they were doing a family marketing campaign, but that would have been great. Yeah. Um, can I mention a couple things from this documentary that are really charming? Uh, yeah. Colin, you didn't watch it, right? But Jacob, you did. I did. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. I no, watched no, so it, for, yeah. The, for the listeners, yeah, it's like, it's so great because they're like, oh, what was the origin? Like, oh, it was originally called West Quest. Right. It was going to be a Western. But then they said West Westerns Quest. are dead. <laughs> so then we were going to do a Navy show. Put in space. It's called, called Navy, Navy Quest. <laughs> and then the, Galaxy the, the wagon in space was the model, right? Wagon train right. to the stars. The original Star Trek. God, guys, yeah. I, there's so much here. Yeah, yeah. That documentary is really really cool I, I would recommend checking out if you like this movie because it, it does like play on the actual origin of star trek being a western and you know uh, the yeah. art department being like uh, we just had different rocks and we would just be painting them different colors the whole show we would just move them <laughs> yeah. over here and paint them a different color sometimes a red carpet with a blue rock sometimes a green carpet with a brown rock what that like what they... that doc needed was a <laughs> sex pervert who had created the show they should have yes. done a full-on parody <laughs> Just, yeah, gone. With I like gone when they were talking about uh, Sigourney Weaver's character. Like, well, she she had this she had this role where she could have this one line in a Woody Allen film. You know, did she make the right choice? I mean, who knew? Uh, you know, Annie Hall was going to be such a hit. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like very funny. <laughs> who knows where my career could have gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so nice. what if it was one line? You know, yeah, but. But it's cool. They yeah. talk about the low budget of the experience making the show and like, oh, yeah, they're like spray painting something on the other side of the set wall. We all got headache from the fumes. It's like, you know, it's all just minor bits. But I like the attention to detail of like, you know, g- going full in on the bit of this being a show. Oh, that again, existed. how many books have been made that are I was a set deck person on TNG episode 30 to 65 here's what i saw every day and people eat it up yep and and they yeah. even say in the thing oh the reason we t- could make a space show is because they had leftover sets from a space movie 
So it's like, right. oh yeah, we'll just inherit this. It wasn't even in the budget. To, it's like that's a very studio thing. Like they reuse bridges all the time in the Star Trek movies. They'll just like redress. Right. Which is so funny yeah. when you think about the 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 biggest fans of the show are like obsessed with canon down to the like the smallest detail. When really the way these shows were being made, it's like they're just kind of throwing. They're just having like using props as different things, like a. a you know, a phaser would be something else. The next episode, they were just mm-hmm. repainted or something. Oh. It's like they, they weren't thinking about Canon when they shot these. They just, Shatner absolutely you know, yeah. said Orion instead of Orion. Well, yeah. I guess they're two separate places. Yeah. <laughs> yep. like, well, all right. right. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. Leading into that. Um, even the Omega 13 device, like the way it works, it dials back 13 seconds. So you can fix it. one mistake as Tim Allen here, puts it. Here is the question I have wondered every day of my life since I have seen this movie. Okay. Would you guys press the device? Depends sure. on when, right? Well, you got that. I, I would say same of, circumstances. Uh, even yeah. if, but Jacob, imagine someone had just shot you and you're like, ah, and they say, hey, that button to the side of you, it's either a nuclear device that destroys the entire world or it'll make it so you didn't just get shot. Would you press the button if the odds were 50 have to. 50 William Shatner would have. The, the, I don't know that the I needs of the many outweigh the, the needs of the few yeah. or one. The needs you of know. me, Mike. Yeah, that's that's Shatner. Bound, Tim bound, Allen bound. would have pressed yep. it 100. percent Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you get that great ending when. Well, first of all, the the climactic scene where they are dragging all the mines. And I'm dragging these mines. That yeah, reminds me yeah. of uh, Wrath of Khan, where he's just, he's just outwitting. Saris basically just like uh you know kirk outwits khan in the end mm-hmm. uh you know he knew they didn't have the firepower or whatever to fight Saris, but he's using his and the magnets the, the magnets were messing with their sensors and stuff so like very much wrath of khan and even the yeah. ending with going back and f- fixing the thing like there's an episode of tng where like the ship keeps exploding and exploding and that's exploding, right and they have yeah. to- the time figure out the one way yeah so that's kind mm-hmm. of oh that's trippy. a legends of tomorrow trope interesting yeah like no that. kidding yeah, yeah there's time loops is a hey there was probably a sci-fi freaking zine in 1942 that did it and everybody's been ripping it off ever since you know yeah probably. yeah um but yeah it's just just a really well-structured screenplay i think um you could teach it in classes you could use no, it absolutely as absolutely i think there's a, a strong the- case we made that it's the best star trek movie go ahead absolutely the only issue i have with this film is that the television show reboot at the end is in a real tv show every time i watch this i go like yeah great (laughs) like let's roll straight into that this is what i want to see well they absolutely should have made a sequel and if it made a little bit more money i think they would have unfortunately like i said they mismarketed it it wasn't quite the hit they wanted it to be um but it's become a cult hit and like I said, sequel talk has been happening for 20 years. Uh, unfortunately, like I said, Rickman, RIP, we love mm-hmm. you. But, uh, you know, we could still get a sequel. Right? I what hope you guys so. Think? Jacob, in the show, what is Missy Pyle's fake name that they give her alien character? Is it Jane oh. Doe or Jane Oh, Smith yeah, Jane Doe. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so, a, what is credit. Guy's last name? Do we remember, Mike? Do you remember? Guy's Guy Fleegman. It's Fleegman. Fleegman. There we go. What's my um, last name? Your guy. We all know you. you know. We all know you guy. Yeah. And you the fact that his that. name is Guy, like that's the most like. Of course. Oh, that's just some guy over there. His yeah, name is guy. guy. 
Yeah. Did you know that was my name or are you just saying that? <laughs> right. It's great. No, they, they, this lays the groundwork for later comedians who are obsessed with Star Trek, you know, like the Orville, you know, Seth MacFarlane, like he's basically just did Galaxy Quest, you know. Yeah. Now, Mike, you just brought up something great. If in a future Orville episode, they meet the whatever the squid people are called, I would accept that. I would accept that. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, yeah. He, what was he saying wrong? What was he calling termites or something? Oh, yeah. They're like termites. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. couldn't remember. Thermians, yeah. That would be Hilarious. incredible if he confirms that thermians exist. Please. And they talk about historic uh, documents. Um, speaking of historic documents, if I don't know if we have anything else really to say on this, but I know there's a, a galaxy quiz. Uh, That's right. And if you want to catch us right after this. We're back on Normies Like Us talking Galaxy Quest, uh, our special non-Star Trek episode that, in our opinion, is a Star Trek episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, like all Star Trek episodes, we usually do a little... Wrath of Cobb, but like Mike said, we're going on a galaxy quiz this time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Justin Long that's would right. smoke us in this quiz. <laughs> He's very, he loves this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Let's quiz it up, guys. What's uh, uh, the format of this quiz? Yeah, the normal style or the true false. Uh, I'll read a, a trivia or a a you know question and then you guys will guess true or false and we'll just do it the way we we normally do mike and i are facing off now listeners uh will kind of do some auditory cues but of course you can always watch the podcast on youtube at normies like at normies underscore like underscore us where uh you can just see us sort of fiddle with our hands to get the answers a little quicker Mm -hmm. and play along if you like yeah see if you do better than these guys but all right first question so this is this is pretty interesting. I'll uh, have it be known I did win the spooky quiz. Oh right. yeah. yeah. And yeah, two sure for true, one for false, is. right? Uh, uh sure. I sure. think Mike pretty high up there on the wins, right? I, I, I don't know the exact I, honestly, I think well, well listeners let us know the records. My eyes. But uh, two for true, and one for you. false, yes. Two for true, one for false. So uh Steven Spielberg, maybe you've mm. heard of him. Um, he came to set one day as a, as a producer or, you know, obviously this was DreamWorks. So, uh, oh. was kind of in charge of that, but he came to set for one day. Uh, he liked Missy Pyle's female alien character so much. And he said, you should expand her role and give her a romance subplot with Tony Shalhoub. Oh. So he recommended that. Uh, is that true or false? Oh man. Locked in. Okay. Yeah. I'll Locking be locked in. in. All right, let's see it. I'm hoping so. Let's say true. 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 It is true. Weird. Okay. Oh, so he came to set one day, recommended that that change and improved the movie. Right. Hey, guess what? Yes. That's why this guy's a genius. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not even like a huge Spielberg fan, but obviously he's super talented director and he can just come and make one little change and, and improve the movie. Right. Now, Jacob, yeah. that's how the Fableman's ends is him coming to the set of Galaxy Quest and making that change. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the culmination the of scene. his work. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, you know, of course, the, the scene where her and, and Tony Shalhoub kind of make out at the end and, and then they 
you know, it gets maybe graphic for a PG it's movie. Incredible. And then uh, Sam Rockwell was like, ooh, that's not right. I guess oh, that yeah. one had lib as well. So he improv oh, on the day. Nice. I might watch this again <laughs> after us doing this episode just with a fuller appreciation. Yeah. yeah. You have to watch the when Sigourney Weaver says, screw that, you can see your mouth. Fuck, fuck. that. That's <laughs> great. That's incredible. Um, all right. Next question. Tied okay. up. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. Math is our actor Enrico Colatoni. Uh, he cre- he basically created the way that the Thermians spoke and acted. Is that true or false? I'm locked in. Locked in. Lock it in. All right. Reveal. Okay, I'm gonna say true. That's true in this as well. It- that is true. That is true. All so right. he did that in his audition, and they were immediately oh. like you fucking nailed it. Uh, and they showed his audition to the other actors that were cast as aliens and said, just do this. Like, this is how all you are going to act. Like he came up with that himself and Never give up. they love it. Never Speaking <laughs> of Sigourney Weaver, you guys know in Ghostbusters 2, the character of um, like Gigo or, or like the, the sort of art guy who hits on her played by Peter McNichol. Do you guys mm-hmm. remember that character? Yeah, it's yeah. like, I am, I, I take care of the paint thing. And he does in it. which, in what? In Ghostbusters 2. Peter mm. McNichol, he's sort of the, the comedy character who's like, oh, I'm a foreign guy. Again, mm-hmm. he's a totally normal, white, you know, middle-aged guy. When he did that performance, Jacob, at the audition, he just decided to be a foreign guy. And they were like, oh, okay, mm. we'll bring you back for another read. And then they also had real foreign guys audition. So if I was wow. in Rico, too, like if I do that thing and people are like, that's great. I'd be like, yeah, yeah it is. It's also my thing. Um, it- I'm also, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, Tim Allen says in the fake documentary that he went to the wrong audition room. And when he got the role for Galaxy Quest, he didn't know that it wasn't like a different project for the first right. couple episodes. So it's like doing something weird in the audition because he says yes. he was reading lines from his other project and he got the job. So mm. I don't know. It's true. Um, it's staying true. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm thinking about it, I really should have done the intro in the alien voice. Oh. I think that would be super funny. Oh, oh funny. yeah. So maybe I should do another take on that after this. But uh, yeah. listeners, if it changed, know that we did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might if be better than my Alan Rickman. If it's a one for one Alan Rickman. Oh, well, that's what it was it. now. That yeah. We just revealed. It was also yeah. Alan Rickman. Yes. Uh, All right. Yeah, so it's tune in to see which one it is. Right. Obviously, now that'll it's... come before this. So uh, anyways. You'll know what happens. Next yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, okay, one of these questions I, I already ruined, which was that Harold Ramis left the project after Tim Allen was cast. That's okay. We'll skip that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Sigourney Weaver was cast because they wanted a a famous uh, sci-fi, uh, you know, someone that's famous for doing sci-fi projects in the movie. So she was cast based on that. Is that true um, or false? I'm locked in. Yeah, I'm locked in. Lock it in, lock it in. Let's see it. I'm one. wondering if these are all going to be true. Wow, Mike's false because I think it's this too one, obvious. It is false. Uh, You're wrong. <laughs> they actually initially didn't want Sigourney Weir because they didn't want any actors that are known for being in sci-fi. So wow, hmm, yeah, a little. I kind of flipped the script on you there. Yeah, I was <laughs> criticizing that easy choice, and here they are, literally going against it. So I hmm. love that. That's cool. I thought it was a Harold Ramis thing. Yeah, uh, that, there's probably a connection there too, where he's like, "Hey, she was great in Ghostbusters." 
Um, she's like, oh, I'm going to work with Harold again. He's so great. And then Tim Allen and then Harold quits. And Sigourney's like, what? <laughs> what have I done? Now? <laughs> also happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> what have I done? Uh, but yeah, they wanted actors that weren't really known for sci-fi. And actually, Tim Allen, he wanted to do it because he apparently loves sci-fi. And he's like, look, people don't know this. I can do sci-fi. I can fucking do sci-fi. And yeah, the other movie that he wanted to do... Uh, that he was considering over this, it was either going to be this or it was going to be Bicentennial Man, which eventually went to Robin Williams. The lead? He was going to be the robot? Yeah. No, that's got to be uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams would have been good in this. That's interesting. But so he's like, he did this and he said like, yeah, I'll start with this like sci-fi comedy since I'm known for comedy and then I'll kind of transition into serious sci-fi projects. Didn't really work out that much, but... <laughs> what are you yeah, saying? Apparently he just, he, this was going to be incredible. the second phase of his career. He's going to do sci-fi movies. <laughs> wow. And you... you, you <laughs> Wow. And Tim Allen, so you're bringing this script to the table. You you want to move forward with... You want to play the character Riddick? Yeah, this is the one. <laughs> this is... Well, mm-hmm. You just imagine, like, what sci-fi properties of the 2000s would he have gotten his hands on? Yeah, I don't know. He could have been Harrison Ford's character in whatever the one is where they make kids fight in war. Oh, Ender's oh, Game. Oh, Ender's yeah. Game. <laughs> yeah, that one. He would have um, been very good at that, Mike. Yeah, well, yeah. interesting that he was, he was up for Bicentennial Man because Robin Williams, also famously known for comedy before kind of transitioning into some more serious roles. Before playing um, a serious robot. A serious robot. Yeah. Well, I did that um, one-hour photo. I think he's good in that. that movie? Yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. Do you guys remember he, he knows Bicentennial what Evangelion Man? Is. I do I have not this. seen Bicentennial Man in a long time, but I kind of remember it. <laughs> And it's been it's been a long, long time. Yeah. A lot of a lot of makeup that he had to endure for that, right? Yeah. But last um, time I saw that, I might have picked it up from Blockbuster. Mm. Let me just put that down. There. <laughs> we, we've wow. talked about Blockbuster and looking up movies in the newspaper today. It's it's I don't. Like I know, it. right? I was just thinking about like. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't use the internet to see what was playing. I just looked no, in the no. daily newspaper. You call mm-hmm. Movie Phone. He would say, Galaxy Quest, Jacob, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, oh, Mr. Man. Movie Phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Next question. What's the score right now? I think Mike's ahead. Three to two. Mike is now two. ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see what we got here. Okay. Show so the scene with... Tim Allen in the beginning at the con when he goes in the bathroom and he overhears the fans talking about him. That was based on a real life incident with William Shatner. True or false? Oh, I'm locked in. <laughs> I, yep. I've never been more locked in. Uh, Let's yep. see it. Two Let's for it. true. True, baby. Be. Two for true, baby. That is true. Oh, uh, that apparently happened to him at a 1996 convention where he went in the bathroom and just overheard people shit talking and basically and saying, like, oh, cried. what an asshole. <laughs> yeah. So Man. he probably yeah. was in that bathroom to do drugs. We could say that. He probably yeah, went to the stall to do cocaine. He's washed up. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Who are they talking about? Are they talking about Takai? I <laughs> always knew you. he wasn't good in the show. No, <laughs> <laughs> you, you suck. Anyway. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, filmed it. It was the film debut of Justin Long and Rain Wilson. We covered that. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Hmm. The original script, or it was going to be called the original title, Galaxy Quest, colon, The Motion Picture. Oh. Uh, reference to Star Trek, The Motion Picture. Uh, okay. Is that true or false? I'm, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Lock it in. Let's see it. I'm going false because I love uh, that too much. I'm going it true. It is true. Uh, it is true. It's great. 
And uh, when when so the obviously the scene when they pull out of the space dock is heavily referencing the uh, motion picture, and he scrapes the side Hi. of the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hilarious, yeah. Oh man, I was hoping there would Mike. be a line. Oh, I'm doing good here. Yeah, so it's going to be called. Him? Yeah, it's going to be called the motion picture. They wanted to try to avoid. They didn't want to get sued, basically. So they tried to I, avoid any reference to Star Trek. There's a all. lot of hubris to call it Galaxy Quest: colon, the motion picture. I think that I think like five percent less people go if you mm. call it that. I think Galaxy Quest was the better idea. But if yeah, on a probably, DVD, yeah. if I could buy it called Galaxy Quest: The Motion Picture, oh, I would be loving that right yeah, now. Package that with that documentary, man. It, it's such a better in universe. It's better, but for the marketing i think you're right right Quest, like i said but. yeah they wanted to avoid any connection to star trek so they didn't get sued they never say beam in the movie like beam me up or anything they've been very sure to like avoid using real star trek terms even mm-hmm. the captain is actually called commander instead of captain commander. which is odd but that's right yeah. that's right just that's kind of um, a rank below captain of the metal, star trek. Well, that's what they're called yeah. in vulcan navy commander yeah. sub commander sub commander yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. nerd stuff <laughs> but cool uh yeah so let's see do i have any more questions oh i do i do okay all right all right i so, am uh, up by two i was gonna say is there a chance for me to come back here uh i have I two more questions Ooh, so, okay. you get them both right yeah um so the so the original script after the script not the captain starshine which is the original spec script but the new the first draft of uh Gordon's script, who's the guy. The good that, idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was actually R-rated. Uh, it was much darker, but they changed it to PG-13 and then to PG. Is that true or false? Um, I'm, I'm locked in. Yeah, I'm locked in. Lock it in. All right. Reveal. True. I went with true, too. True. That is false. Ah. I tricked you guys a little bit because it was... So there's been rumored that there was an alternate version of the script that's R-rated. It's not really true, though, but it was originally PG-13 and then changed to PG. Uh, and it was a little bit darker. Mm. Uh, like I said, they had the F-bomb. Oh. Had... What? Well, we end up with it's PG. It's not even PG-13. It is PG. That's why they took out the... Because you get one F-bomb in yeah. a PG-13. Okay, right? that explains... Mike and I were on that same wavelength of, why don't they just do the one it? fuck? But okay, yeah. I, so they I'm took that PG. out for the PG because they wanted to make it family-friendly. There's also some like sexual stuff like... Uh, so Sigourney Weaver at the end, her shirt is just like open for no reason. That's because there was like a scene where she tries to seduce some aliens, apparently, that got cut. What? Uh, and then apparently there was another there was a scene in the first draft when they land the ship at the end at the convention. Uh, they just like decapitate a bunch of fans. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't so do they that. Cut that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like the fans are like that's... shooting the fireworks at the end. Like they're just going to have like, like kill a I... bunch of fans. No, no. Yeah. Who do you think we are to thank for how it ended up? Because Dean Parasad doesn't feel like he's the one who's like. No, this is kind of how it has to end, and this is the final shape, and what you got, that's my Galaxy Quest. It kind of even feels like the studio was like, let me save this thing. Well, it's definitely like they're like, we want to make it more marketable and more family-friendly, so they had to cut down from PG-13 to PG. Yeah. I think it still would have been good as a PG-13. R-rated yeah. would have been stretching but it a little bit. the decapitation stuff, like, but all that, that is making me work, think, yeah. like, you, you don't know what you had here. Yeah, yeah it goes like, away that kind of ruins the whole tone of the movie. The yeah. whole point of kind of embrace the people 
who you've affected with your performance, even if you're not the character, we yeah. embrace the fans, right? And to kill them in the spaceship is completely the oh ultimate out of character. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Long's homies. That's terrible, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's more that's kind a, of like almost like a Mel Brooks type of like just super zany thing to happen for no to reason. Just, kind of. It is mm-hmm. funny and clever to go like, that's the real thing that we have. But yeah, again, that is more Mel Brooks to be like, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Now that's, like, that's <laughs> not another Trek movie. Like that's yes, that level of that's, like. Yes, that's true, Mike. That's no. funny. <laughs> anyway, not one more question. <laughs> uh, yeah, one more question here. In the parallel um, 2006 dimension, we had not another Trek movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Last question. Uh, while you're feeling, well, first of all, I have some stories about Tim Allen on set, but uh, one thing is that he had this, <laughs> apparently he had this piece of the Nostromo from the alien that he like bought online or something. And he mm. was like bugging Sigourney Weaver to sign it. Like the whole time they were shooting, he's like, sign, it, sign this. She's like, I'll sign it. I'll sign it. Uh, Eventually, she did sign it, and she wrote, uh, "Stolen by Tim Allen, loves Sigourney Weaver." And apparently, that like really upset him. He's like, "Why? Why would you write that? I was going to hang this like in my screening room." And she's like, "That's like such a Hollywood thing to say." So like, right. <laughs> apparently, some weird kind of draw tension between between them on set. I would say, hey, but, but is that true or false? Well, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> is that the question? I, true uh, i don't know i'm saying true if that's the yeah, case i don't true. even need to yeah it is true okay, okay. Well. i didn't know how to kind of phrase that it as a true or false felt very true it's just now, a very interesting a very specific story here's the thing like okay so that's even the sci-fi that he liked i didn't even think he liked modern but to like alien and you know the the real good stuff tim allen you are very weird and complex now that is such a dumb douchebaggy hollywood thing to do he yeah. knows that I'm sure how many people just walked up to, to him and were like, thing, just bugging her sign and, like, my hammer tool, man. It's like, like, right? wait, like, yeah. What and the to get fuck? upset that she wrote some kind of like, you know, self, you know, d- disparaging kind of like a joke remark, but he kind of took it too seriously. And there's like, I was going to hang this in my screening room, man. I, I think that's wow. funny to me. Yeah. She had written that on I, a prop for me. Oh. I, I love it. I yeah. would never shut up about how like, yeah. And I like hounded her for days and she fucking <laughs> writes stolen by Tim Allen. Oh, she got me. Right. Like that's yep. incredible. And I'd be hanging up. Yep. I stole this from the Nostromo. Yep. <laughs> but apparently he bought it like in an online auction. It was like an original piece of the Nostromo. And there's some other stories of him on set of just like Sam Rockwell and Justin Long and just different people talking about it. like, he's kind of like not a huge, huge asshole, like not impossible to work with, but just like a Hollywood kind of asshole. And like, he was rude to Justin Long the first time they met. Oh, uh, he can't be maybe rude method. to Justin Long. Here's, here's, <laughs> yeah. the, here's the two maybe things. Maybe method, yeah. Now he's so into it. He, I supposedly Dean Parasot said, this guy was encyclopedic. He could tell you titles of Star Trek episodes, what happened into them lines. You know, he could cite it all. Well, he came up with the idea, Tim Allen, to when the ship lands to the little people to get the beryllium to go, oh, it's breathable air, I guess. You know, he came up with that joke because right, he would right. point out logic inconsistencies in the script. You don't know if like, that air is breathable? Well, oh, but, yeah. but for him to be like, yeah, well, we get, well, let's comment on that. Let's, you know, and yeah. that's exciting to me. I like that. And then supposedly Alan Rickman came up to him and like after a week of shooting, very icy, very tense and went. I just realized what you're doing. I think it's going to work. I think it's going to be great. 
it's just not my kind of thing. I just, I, I, I just wanted to say like uh, no tension or anything. I just realized we're maybe not getting along here, but I, I totally get what you're doing now. And I think Alan Rickman, you know, that's kind of an asshole thing to come off and say, but, but to go like, you are, you maybe get this more than the rest of us. You aren't cause you got to almost even give it to him to not do like a Shatner cadence talking. I was thinking about this when Mike was doing it earlier, mm. that would be the easy trapping too. Yeah. But Tim Allen kind of, he kind of navigates around every hurdle while also going, but I do get it. Wink, wink. Like I am in on the joke. Yeah. That's he doesn't impressive. straight up, like he doesn't do mm-hmm. a straight up impression of Shatner, which is good, but he just has some like sort of minor allusions to him, like the way he sits in the chair and stuff like that, but he doesn't go full Chatner, which I, which is I think the right decision. Yes. Right. Right. And he, he, you know, somehow knows how to capture the spirit of a actor who can be somewhat <laughs> difficult, I guess, you know, he can really embody right. that role in this. Apparently, you know? I guess Justin, uh, Long, his first day on set, he was sitting in Tim Allen's chair and Tim Allen just came in and like stared at him and like was rude to him. And, uh, just a lot of i guess he just joked he made a lot of fart jokes on set which people are like like that why are you joking so much we're trying to shoot this so i think probably alan uh, was like let's just get through this like you guys are yeah. joking too much <laughs> i think he's from that mel gibson george clooney pranking era where like movie stars it was like you'll never believe what they get up to on set they're always making fart jokes and pushing people we're now yeah. we're all just like and Alan Rickman is just like, I'm just trying to like, do do the shots here. I came from the West end of theater. Like, yeah. I, mm-hmm. like I'm not doing fart jokes with you. And one last uh, Tim Which Allen is, is an asshole story. Yes. Yeah. They screened aliens or alien for the, for the cast. Uh, and they were watching it. And there's that scene where Sigourney Weaver is like in her underwear, you know, and mm-hmm. he, he just like shouts out like, Ooh, baby or something like that. And just oh, like, no. You know, it's like why, That's why you that <laughs> The problems yeah. seem to be with Sigourney. I, it's, yeah. I'm not liking any of these. It almost stories, seems like dog. he, yeah, doesn't know how to act around women sometimes, which is well, or I think he was an extremely horny nerd, is what it's sounding like. Who uh, met the woman of his dreams and could not deal with that reality. Could so, not be a professional. Right, yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. like interesting. That, interesting that some but of the very well cast. As a Shatner yes. type, <laughs> as an asshole womanizer, yeah, right, who doesn't get along with Alan Rickman, you know, in yeah. real life or in yeah. character. Fascinating. Life yeah. him takes and of course, uh, you know, these days he he was on that Last Man Standing show where he's like, "Man, this show, if look, the Hollywood liberals, if they were into it, like it wouldn't have been canceled." Blah blah blah. Like I can't, you know, I'd be winning Best Comedy Actor every <laughs> week if people, you know, let me vote for Trump. Or like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, see, I've seen a couple episodes. I this maybe this is how I feel about all TV comedies, but it's not good. But that's everything on network is not good. So yeah. whatever. <laughs> That's a very kind of old school. Like he's just trying to do home improvement again. Yeah. Like he's just doing yeah. Time like, again. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and also just Tim Allen, you know, obviously he was arrested for cocaine smuggling and ratted out a bunch of people to get out of jail. Everybody. So. I'll name every yeah. time he's on the planet. Fucking rat on he's top a snitch. Of yeah. He's, cool, he's man. not a good guy. Yeah. Not great. cool. <laughs> well, this probably is his best performance then. This is, yeah, this is the role that I like the most because I usually don't, like, I don't like the Santa Claus movies. So in another world, Jacob, the (laughs) fact that it's coming up on Thanksgiving now, we're about to get like eight episodes of a Santa Claus Disney Plus TV show that is like the fourth iteration of him playing the Santa Claus character. Do you think in another world he would be doing like 
what would be the Picard equivalent for the commander on, you know, Paramount Plus? Sure. Yeah. I mean, oh, look, man. they could still make a sequel. They can make a mini series. They could go. What in do a lot we do? Directions. Let's talk about it. What do we do here, guys? All right. Um, I think Galaxy Quest 2. I think that would be a hit. Like, you know, 20 years later, you kind of do like, oh, they're, all the actors are older now. It's kind of like this era of, uh, you know, Shatner and stuff as the old man. I mean, a lot of the OG actors are dead now, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, they could they could have Alan Rickman's character die and that could be but, kind of a yeah. plot. And don't you think the joke is the J.J. Abrams movies? They do a comment on mm. Galaxy Quest has been rebooted. It has been, you oh, know, it's you been recast it. even. Well, we like, see at the end, right? They're doing the new show or whatever. Maybe that show gets canceled after a while they're doing yeah like you said a reboot with a new young cast Zachary Quinto uh, is Dr. Lazarus yes <laughs> that would yeah. be incredible um, get a Chris Pine type to, to come in and then it's like you can yeah. make it, it like have, make it like a generations thing where it's like oh we're asking the original cast back but they're in like minor roles or whatever to kind of make these like the same time travel thing from the Abrams movie like you, you the yeah. same kind of then that's how you get at least the two Sigourney Weaver and Tim Allen to be in the plot with their recast people Sam Rockwell's still doing it probably yeah. Tony Shalhoub come on yeah why not but uh, yeah Saren has never <laughs> stopped he's found Omega 14 you know it blah it blah blah and it yeah you know yeah so they, I they wanted it. comedians Paul Shear was the most recent who was like Amazon is green lighting him to be the showrunner he's going to do a Galaxy Quest TV show I don't know show versus movie about you guys um to me, it's like the the core, the idea that they bought show happens to old TV stars now would be a TV show. But to me, that is a movie solid gold premise. So I yeah. would like Galaxy Quest 2. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Wrath of Ceres. Um, I, I want that <laughs> because if there was a Galaxy Quest show, I would want it to just be the show never give yeah. up never surrender which is the orville yeah. not having right. the element of real life versus you know what i mean so sure, it, sure. I, i'd rather have a movie sequel that kind of a similar premise maybe the thermians uh, show up again and whatever yeah maybe some there's like sarah had some family member that's like out for revenge now that would be like the wrath of of whatever that person and he's got is. two ipads <laughs> yes yeah. yes 100 percent um, yeah, bring back Justin Long's character. He's like oh. a he's like a thirty year old Trekkie now. Yeah, it'd be great. And we've established that alien life exists. So who knows what effect that had on the cast and Justin Long? Right. Like, he could be working with the, who knows what's the relationship with humans and Thermians. Yeah, you know? uh, Missy Piles is on Earth. She's yeah. a squid. Yeah, well, she's I think they cover up for most, most people. They cover up the yeah. alien incident, like because they come in at the end, and it just looks like this good special effects, right? When they come in, yeah. The yeah but just wow. along as Sam the Witwicky, MC just keeps saying, yeah. "All right, yeah." He gets to work <laughs> with the government. I just keeps going. Like, yeah, what about right, miniseries based around Justin Long's character? working for the government with the Theramians developing <laughs> yeah. new technology. He's yeah. doing so many good interviews. I'm going to check when we get off here if he said anything about Galaxy Quest in the last <laughs> like, week call. or two, Jacob. I'm From sure he's like, I, I, was love reading, I love everything. I don't know if it's recent, but I do know he said at one point, like, yeah, I'd love to do another Galaxy if it was respectful to the first movie, like, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, of course, just yeah. Make respectful because this movie yeah. does deserve to be respected. That's right. Um, yes. 
And with all due respect, maybe it's time to get on into final thoughts uh, as we wrap up this quest in the galaxy on normies like us. Like Grabthar's hammer, I shall avenge you. We're back. We're wrapping things up here. Talking Galaxy Quest on Normies Like Us. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. this beautiful, beautiful comedy that I think we all kind of gushed about. Um, obviously, if anybody had any other opinions, you could tell us. We're fine with that. But uh, any final thoughts on this one, guys? I just think it you know, holds up very well. You can go back and watch it today and just be like, wow, what a great underlooked kind of movie that should have got more attention, should have got a sequel. Uh, and it's just fun. It's fun if you're a Star Trek fan. Even if you're not, if you're just a general sci-fi fan, I think you'll appreciate it. You don't have to know all the Star Trek references, that's for sure. No, but you liked it as a kid, Jacob. And here you are after watching like six different Star Trek series and like 12 Star Trek movies. And it's like, how could you not appreciate it more? Right. Now I get all the references and everything. Yeah, I probably haven't. I don't know if I ever rewatched it since I saw it in theaters in the year 2000. Mm. Uh, really? I may have watched it once since then. I'm not sure, but wow, 22 years. Yeah, it's about the length of time between when the, their show was canceled and the, uh, the right. conventions were happening. About well, you were a child years. pilot, Jacob. We should say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was very into Phantom Menace at the time. I was super into pod racing. You know. As all as all young boys were in the two thousand year two thousand most likely. Pakazibo Zabulba. Jake Lloyd talking to Zabul talking to Jake Lloyd was like my favorite actor when I was ten. Yeah, I'm positive my name. He's your character is is your insert character. Like I want to be hanging out with the Jedi. Are you an angel? Are you an angel? (laughs) Yeah. Pakawipo Zabulba. Do you guys remember when he says that? (laughs) I do. It's like voodoo. Voodoo. Do you think this movie would have been any better if Harold Ramis directed or how would it be different? an interesting question. Hmm. Um, I think it would be more comedy forward. And from what you've told me about Dean Parasot, he really seemed to be more towards the authentic, authentic, authentic. And I make it a good movie with comedy in it, but it's not just like, you know, but that's the market on its satire. Like yeah. what? And just in the question of like parodies of a genre thing that weren't real doing this kind of thing. Is there any other movie that can kind of stack up against this? Spaceballs would be Spaceballs. Only one I can think of. Blazing yeah. South. I mean, these, you guys are naming like parody movies. Yes. Right. And this is very much a parody movie. Yes, totally. But like, again, it's commenting on something on television that you weren't really commenting on in movies. So it's not like the direct one to one of like Star Wars to Spaceballs, right? Right. Yeah. And, and Spaceballs is like, if you took away all the parody stuff, like it's just the plot of Star Wars. Yes. This yes, movie is, this like is a movie. different yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Very true. A very good point to make, Jacob. Then I will continue to le- say Blazing Saddles because it's like its own thing that's kind of lampooning a genre. Uh, but the plot that itself is a good stands 
separate. Like it's not just redoing the beats of another Western. So that's right. And Blazing yeah. Saddles yeah. is the best Western of all time. This is the greatest Star Trek movie of all time. So uh-huh. Well, because they're both tracks. the most deconstructive, reflexive look at those genres. How about that? Yeah. I wow. love that, Mike. And there's been some <laughs> other kind of movies dealing with, like there's that movie Trekkies, which I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a, like a love letter to, to Star Trek fans. Fanboys was Fan the, boys. the love letter to just the idea of people who liked Star Wars. So that would be almost making this movie entirely from Justin Long's point of view, right? Yeah, wow. Right. Can I ask you guys a question? Hmm. Do you know what, uh, you, do you remember from the documentary what fans of Galaxy Quest are known as oh. in universe? Oh, Questies? I don't remember. <laughs> Questarians. <laughs> Questarians. <laughs> <laughs> the least elegant version. Sure. And of course, as a Questarian. Well, because they had Trekkers and Trekkies, and right. Trekkers was the preferred term. Now they're one and the same, a Trekkie and a yes. Trekker. So it's like we the Questarian. It's like a derogatory yes. term, yes. whereas they're like, yes. no, we're Trekkers, not Trekkies. Yes. No, I'm a Trekkie. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Call me. Yeah. I, address yeah. me properly. Proud. Proud Trekkie. <laughs> Do you think it's funny that Justin Long, when he's like, no, it's all real. And he's like, I knew it. I knew it. It's like. You should not like that's a crazy thing to no. actually believe. But the two things for in where he's like, I just want you to know, like, it's not my whole life. And you know, when he's giving that speech, I am yeah. like, oh, show. God. Yeah, and Tim Allen's trying to like apologize, but then because Justin Long feels like he <laughs> angered his idolized actor, like he still feels he needs to be like explaining himself when it Tim Allen should have, you know what I mean? It just shows right. the parasocial relationship between fan and actor and how if you're abrasive towards fans just because like that, that could, that could fuck with them. You know, look what happened when you met your Sigourney Weaver, you know, your hero. And she wrote a mean message to you. How did you feel Tim Allen? Yeah. Fucking incel. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Never I don't like that. Allen. No, uh, but if I could, Oh, I just throw yeah. my final thoughts out there uh, again. What I feel like this movie, it's obviously a love letter to Star Trek and all of it, you know, the fandom, the and all history, the legacy, all, right? all genre. I, it's saying it's okay to be a fan of genre films. Of and anything, like, yeah. And be nerdy about it. It's that, That's okay. The aliens literally are a entire alien race of super diehard fans, right? Like, yeah. And they're literally saved by the actors from a fictitious program, right? So I, I think that it feels like it's a plea. Like, to me, whoever made this, they're like, please, George Takei and William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy and, you know, Michelle Nichols, just just get along because a lot of people were moved by some of the work you did. So it would be right. cool if you didn't hate each other because, you know, a lot of people are attached to this thing you did. So at least stand right. in the same room and be respectable at a con at the minimum. Right. Like, can we please and get they- along? They have done that in the past. It's funny, though. I was just reading literally like last week an article about how George Takei, Takei and uh, William Shatner, they still hate each other <laughs> to yeah. this day. Like they've kind of made up before. But even now they're just like, they don't like each other. <laughs> George also, Takei George... loved this movie. We should mm. say. Yeah, he said it was a very chilling documentary, I think is what he said. And Shatner saw it and said, uh, I didn't recognize who Tim Allen was playing, but I did see like a Nichelle Nichols type character. In there. Yeah, I liked, I liked the rest. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blind. Um, yeah. And of course, George Takai, very uh, sort of liberal, uh, outspokenly liberal, also, you know, obviously gay and everything. Uh, Shatner, outspokenly conservative. So they just never got along. And you can tell, obviously, when in the last movie, like, 
he's he's captaining his own ship now. He's barely with the main cast. They got two lines doing all that. Yeah. 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 To hold on to a grudge for 60 years. I mean, is it worth it? I don't know. We only have so much time on this planet. Don't hold grudges. Right. That's the message. That's for a job you had. Jacob, can you imagine fucking the what were you? Red Lobster? No, you were a. uh, Outback, mate. Outback, Outback. Outback Can you imagine yeah. being like that goddamn cook at Outback? I'll kill him if I ever see him. Forty years later, <laughs> right? Yeah, like you don't even have to like get along. You don't have to like interact no. that much. Just you know, ever in fan, for fan appearances and stuff, just be in the same location or whatever. But yeah, and it, at the bottom line, you are also getting paid for that stuff. It's like you know, like you're you getting can paid for the autographs. It. You can right. <laughs> if you're agreeing to do it. Be gracious. I just think it's sad. It. I mean, they're the only two left except for uh, Chekhov, right? It's them wow. and Chekhov. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. When Walter Kane. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. We know, yeah we the ones that we on have left, I'm just not, I'm not extremely happy. We lost Spock, yeah. and that was kind of it for me with yep, these man, Star her. Trek. And Nichelle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God bless you. Scotty. Um, yeah, yeah, the good yeah. Bones in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad was sad about Bones dying. <laughs> me, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, just um, the bad ones. But at God least, you know, him. the God TNG actors, they seem to get along pretty well. Obviously, uh, Jonathan Frakes and uh, Patrick Stewart remained good friends for a long time. Uh, I mean, Sirtis and LeVar Burton, you know, they seem to get along. And they're all coming yeah. back oh, yeah. for they all get along. season three of Picard. Uh, That's right. For season three of Galaxy Voyager, Quest. Like I said, there was some uh, tensions between Kate Mulgrew and, and Jerry Jerry Ryan, uh, DS9 was mainly good, except uh, I guess, you know, Captain Cisco, Avery Brooks, he's a little, he's just kind of a reclusive uh, he, guy. Yeah, he's nobody a, seems to enjoy his presence, unfortunately. He has an interesting is method of acting, I guess, too. Yes. He says it's yeah. like jazz. He, yeah, I mean, I love him. <laughs> you can say he overacts sometimes, I love him, but uh, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, he's yeah. not come back for any of this. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, you know, so let me just say real quick, uh, we came off spooky season. We watched all horror movies for the month long. We all of took them. our break. <laughs> Literally every horror movie ever. Yep, yep. Uh, and we took our break and didn't watch a Star Trek. And to to come into this where, and Jacob knows this, to cool down post that, I've just been watching like ensemble comedies or whatever. Not even like yeah. genre stuff, so not necessarily like sci-fi or whatever. But mm-hmm. then to insert this into the equation, I'm like, get me back on that Trek run, baby. I am so excited for Generations coming up. Yeah. Well, we did this one a little early this month because we got some some good things planned for, for the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we have December. We might switch it up a little bit in December. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. But yeah. I think... New year, new cast generations in January. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Wow. Especially uh, seeing the passing of the torch, maybe reluctantly right. on the big screen, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. All you the behind see, the scenes. Uh, the, the long awaited meetup of Picard and Kirk, right? Is this the one with the dune buggy? No, this is the one with three old men fighting on a bunch of scaffolding. Is the oh climax. yeah, yeah. He he wants to <laughs> live on a machine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, he wants and to join the, the founders. <laughs> what is the first one after that called? The first contact. That's the first first pure contact blood TNG. Yeah, that's yes. the big Borg one. Then there's uh, Nemesis, or Nemesis is the last one. Then there's that's the uh, last one. Insurrection is the middle yeah. one, which is yeah, right. fine. Yeah, we'll get right. to it though. We'll, 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 get we'll to talk it. about it. We'll yeah. talk about it. 
And then we're going to be out of track. So we'll, we'll kind of well, cook up what our next long for me thing is. We right? can roll into the, the Abrams, right? There's we that's right. Abrams oh, that's right. As well, we, we do we'll have, have a force uh, by the time we get like to Elvin to be, so we have very seven well more Trek movies. Yeah. And well, I guess there was, there was, it was originally supposed to be a fourth Trek movie in December, 2023. That's now been put on hold, I think, because none of the actors are signed on yet. So who knows? But <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. you know what? Yeah, screw it. Galaxy Quest Two. Just pick. Do that instead. Yeah. Wouldn't mind it. No, no, yeah. no. Absolutely. Well, yeah. This is a, a very excellent the non Star Trek Star Trek thing, and I'm glad we watched it again. Take after the horror. It's a great suggestion it, by Colin to mm-hmm. have this as a palate cleanser between eras. I think. Yeah. And it's it's a great way to get you in the mindset of like this type of story and world. Cause you're thinking about, you know, all the fans and what it's inspired and the spinoffs, kind of the scope of star Trek itself. This being reflexive of that. It's like, yeah, what am I going to tackle next? You know, generation. Now is that where you go with galaxy quest Two, Mike? Is it not the reboot? Is it the spinoffs? Do you do galaxy quest generations? Oh, when you guys got that show, you know, blah, blah, blah. And bring those two casts together. That's the, it's either that or because they've rebooted it and you have the young versions of That's their fine. characters. Yeah. yeah. And you can have some references to like the Picard show where it's like, yeah, you're so what, old. What's, Tim Allen. Oh, you can have a show called Taggart. That's just yeah. old Tim Allen. Taggart. Yeah. 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 You just say like, oh, well, you know, when they did the spinoff with that bald cat commander, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, right. It's been a long time commander, like the cryptic trailer for it. I can see it now. Yeah, Jordan Peele plays like a a guy who is like data, like a robot. (laughs) That'd be great. Oh yeah, that'd be really baby. I'd love it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. there's a lot you could do. I, I, hey, green light it. Let's go. Come on, do something. Fan of the genre. Yeah. So, all right, normies. That was Galaxy Quest. Um, as always, hit us up at normies underscore like underscore us on all social media, where you can reach out to us and be like, well, one, answer this question. I just want to know this. Did you watch this movie? <laughs> How old are you? Did you see it in theaters like me? Did you see it in theaters like Jacob? And are you just listening to this going like, wow, I don't know what these guys are talking about. I don't know what Galaxy Quest is, but I'll be around for the next Trek one. I want to know that too. I, I would hope you actually watch this movie, listeners. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's an underrated gem. So definitely check it out. Yeah, Please. Star Trek I think fan, all agree Star on Trek that. fan. Yeah, yeah, I think there's something yeah. to enjoy here. Even though Tim Allen's in it. You can enjoy this movie. Despite that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in in spite of that. Uh, but otherwise, we've been your host. This is Colin Fliegman. Um, Maiko. Uh, and this is Commander Jacob Taggart. Yeah. Never give right. up. Never surrender. By Grab Thor's hammer. What a bargain. <laughs> is that what he said? Oh, yep. what, what savings. Oh, what savings. <laughs> You will be avenged. Catch you later, listeners. Bye. Bye. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.